1: In this episode of the History Worth Saving podcast, we're talking to an American hero. First Lieutenant Patrick Claiborne McCleary III, Klebe, as he's known to his friends and to his colleagues. Klebe was in the Vietnam War, and while some of his contemporaries were staging anti-war protest and desecrating the American flag, this Lowcountry native, as he describes himself, was serving as a platoon leader in the 1st Reconnaissance Battalion. And on that battalion's 19th patrol, the unit was attacked by the Viet Cong. Lieutenant McLary, he was seriously wounded. He lost his left arm and his left eye. Yet he continued to lead his men. The numerous surgeries, the long recovery period that followed could have, could have turned him but he faced his rehabilitation with the characteristic determination that is so ingrained in the few and the proud. The United States Marines. Please welcome a true American hero. And he's gonna correct me. He's gonna say, I didn't lose my arm and my eye, I left it. Isn't that right, Klebe? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> welcome to the show. I uh, met you. I met you out at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. I was there doing an air show at seven in the morning. You walk into the briefing room and this hush fell over. And listen, this is a room full of Marines, battle-hardened Marines and civilian air show performers, the Blue Angels, everybody's in there. And when you walked in there, everything changed. Everything changed. And I remember this young Marine standing up and he said, how did you lose your arm? And I want you to take it from right there just to set the tone, because when you say this, it just sets everything straight.
0: I appreciate that, uh, man. It's great to be with you. That was a great time out there. Uh, Chaplin Dog from the Philippines had me out there and had me all over the country. And uh, you talk about the Blue blue Angels. And I got a a note from them yesterday and and a little sticker they sent me that that they give out, put on your phone or whatever, and I've got it on the back of my phone right now. Glad to be here. They and think I'm so blessed.
1: much of you that they sent you a sticker of themselves. Isn't that great? That's just like a fighter pilot, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you fly upside down 500, 500 miles an hour, 17 inches apart, you are glad to be anywhere, I guarantee you. That's right. And um, I'm glad to be with you today, and I appreciate what you're doing, man. It's really great. Um,
1: well, tell me that story about... About that nineteenth patrol, will you will you take us back to that time so everybody can get a yes, little taste of it? Because yes, it's who it's really it it's not who you are, but it is it it speaks volume of your character.
0: Oh well, three March of '68 is my wife's birthday, so I don't have any trouble remembering remembering it. But as Hill in Vietnam is an area that very few people have been in and just covered with the enemy. We were supposed to be a big operation; it all got canceled and my recon team got left out there by themselves and I had a suicide squad hit us. and uh I carried a plungy pit got above that had my radio man McCormick to my left and three men on the uh, you know Foxhole to my right and about eight men in a bomb crater back behind me and uh I, they say anywhere four, five, six hundred enemy MVAs hit us that night and I shot one of them right in front of me. He fell in the hole with me with a statue charge, exploded, blew me out. As I'd gone through there, I reached back with my shotgun and realized more of gone. And looked to my left, my radio man, McCormick, was dead or unconscious at the time. I wasn't sure which. And heard me screaming on the right cloud. And what happened? to grenade came there? a foxhole. A young Marine, PSC Ralph Johnson from Burke High School in Charleston, the only fact I in the head. Ralph took the grenade covered it with his stomach, blew himself in half to save my life and the life of another Marine with him. And, and uh, done that I, I wouldn't be here today. He, uh, later, he, he, received the congressional Medal of honor and, uh, we named a VA hospital in Charleston after him, a street in Charleston after him. And four years ago named a $4 billion destroyer, which is out in Seattle and 6,500 people came for the commission there. We had in Charleston and and my congressman had a lot to do to get it brought from San Diego to Charleston. Um, but I appreciate that. But I tried to get back behind me. We had eight men fighting and going back to where they were. Another grenade hit me in the legs, took my legs out from under me. And I thought it was all over. Well, I guarantee you, uh, a rod hunter <clears throat> from Alaska came and knelt down by me and was just picking in the office and came up a hill. Bob Lucas from Fort Worth, Texas, came and knelt by me. Barbara uh, got on the radio and called for choppers. The pilot said he couldn't get there at the daylight. He said, tell them to it. We've been throwing rocks down the side of the hill because I had a grenade, so won't anybody be left at daylight? Pilots reconsidered. 3 a.m. the first bird landed. They put me two dead, five wounded on that chopper. As that helicopter lifted. The next one landed. The rest of my men grabbed hold. Right as that bird lifted, about 150 enemy just covered the hill five more minutes. Probably nobody got off that hill alive. we to the dying and from there to Japan and from there to Bethesda, Maryland and 46 operations and two and a half years in the hospital. I'm talking with you today and God had a purpose and a plan for my life. And I had two dead and eleven wounded out of 13 and my men fought hard and uh, God had a purpose and plan for my life. It's good to be talking with you. I believe, I guarantee
1: you, we're glad you're here now. Now you are, a very striking individual when you stand up there, especially in front of a group of fellow uh, soldiers and uh, Marines and sailors and airmen. There is, there is something that you say that I think is so poignant and I'd and I, I hope you would repeat it here today that in a world of give and take,
0: yeah, I'll let you right. finish it. Okay. Uh, while I was in the, hosp- uh, 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 the hospital, a men got together and, sent a plaque to me and and, uh, it it actually um, got it off the back of a sea rat um, box that I had in in my tent in Vietnam and they copied it and put it on a metal um, brass shell that had been melted down and put it on a piece of wood. I got it hanging in my office right now. And on that plaque it said, in this world of give and take, there are not enough people willing to give what it takes. And I just thank God for people like you that Willing to give what it takes for faith, for flag, for, for country, for young people, for the way of life we know and enjoy so well, because of great folks like you. And it's it's great to talk with you, Matt.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I think it's the other way around, Cleve. I, I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing a little bit about this. What what do you see? What do you see when you look out your window right now at our country? I mean, obviously we've been divided. We've been through a a tumultuous period with this election, and it's still not over yet as we're recording all of this. But, but what do you see when you look out there uh, right now? And what do you want folks to know?
0: Well, I uh, I think I'm going to use the scripture first. I I was reading about three thirty this morning. I I don't look at the ocean. My family's been in this area since 1700. George Washington saved my family when he came through in 1798. And uh, this is a great country, and boy, we've we've been blessed and. Ephesians, it says God raised Christ from death set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe everything from galaxies to all governments no name, no power exempt from his rule and not just for for the time being but forever he is in charge of it all he's got the final word on everything Ephesians 1, 20 and, and 22, I mean God's in charge and we just don't need to panic and worry about it uh, who's elected who does this who does that god knows it all and he's in charge of it all and you know the military verse in psalms they call it the the soldier's psalm or the marine psalm the 91st psalm and uh just to prove that god is is an authority that comes from romans but just a story and you do stories about about small towns and people and getting to know, and know people and somebody sent me this just a few days ago but a small town in Texas Sea uh, in World War II 52 soldiers went from Sea Drift to serve in World War II everybody served back then and their photo- photos were placed in a church picture frame with the 91st song. and 15 to 20 people a day went in and prayed by name for those 52 soldiers. God heard their prayers, and not a single son of Seadrift was killed. All 52 came home safely from the battlefields of Europe, South Pacific, and the Far East, in spite of the fact that on these fronts, many hundreds of thousands lost their lives. And man, that's just the power of the prayer, and and, uh, I wish somebody had it first 91st of all being prayed over me, I wouldn't have lost those two men that night. But um, God answers prayer, and we need to look to Him for guidance and leadership in this country, no question about it.
1: How important was your faith to you before Vietnam?
0: Uh, man, I, I believed in God. and, and uh, went to school and church, didn't drink, didn't smoke. I was an all-American type boy. But uh, I had it all in my head. I had nothing in my heart. And God doesn't cause things, but he allows things. And if my feet hadn't been knocked out from under me and I hadn't I looked up, I don't know if I'd have come to the Lord or not. You know, when God allows things to be taken from you, he gives you a little extra. And I went out one night, we came home from um, the hospital, from surgery in Bethesda, and I saw one of my heroes who going to be out at the football stadium that night, Bobby Richardson. Went out to hear Bobby and a preacher guy. I didn't like the way he looked. He had a Yankee accent. Didn't like anything about him from Muskegon, Michigan. Billy he brought a message in. In his message, he said, there are two kind of fools in this world, a fool for Christ and a fool for others. And he said, who's fool are you? I knew that night who's fool I'd been. And that night, my wife and I went forward and knelt and prayed and confessed our sins in a very personal way, invited the Lord to come in our hearts. And that's where I got the real Real faith and real belief that I have, and I, I've tried to share that to schools and prisons and military bases all over the country, and uh, just give people hope that comes the personal relationship with a living Savior.
1: I wanted to get into this a little bit because you've—I think—you've just about received every award <laughs> that they've ever made for a soldier: the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, three Purple Hearts, the Audie Murphy Award. You can read about all of this on on cleeb's website which we're going to put in there but but you know of all of these awards uh, come a great responsibility and these are these are these are earned they're not given you've you've earned it and i and i know that you speak so so wonderfully uh reverent almost i think is the right word of those men that you lost and especially those who helped keep you here uh, for this mission
0: well i brought them all back that are still living. um to to the commission of the ship that we had them all in Charleston with us and had a great time together, man. I owe my life. I mean, you know, and many people can say that? But if if they had to risk their lives and two of them gave their lives and uh, eight out of eleven were wounded, I wouldn't be here today. So I owe them so awful much, and, and they know that, and, and I know that. But you know, it just um, that's one thing about the military: a uniforms, green of. Uh, Uh, blood's red, it doesn't matter I had had Mexicans I had had Indians I had had, um, uh, blacks, I had whites I had had everybody and we all fought together and and I think anybody on that hill would have died for anybody else and that's just the way it is and that's one thing I I like about military training and and especially Paris Island what they teach you and um, rebuild you as a person and you go down there with all kind of crazy things that you grew up with and all like that they rebuild you, and it's it's a tremendous experience. And I, I wish more young people had to go through it. I think we really cheated our young people today when we don't, we don't have them serve. I think discipline is good for anybody. I think boot camp is tremendous. And um, that doesn't mean you got to fight a war go sh- shoot somebody out or something like that. It could be medically. It could be militarily. It could be um, Peace Corps playing Crop's. Uh, clean up after a storm a hurricane or tornado or whatever, but in some way give of something to somebody else. And I think we've, we've taken that from our young people today. So many of them are bored and don't know what they're doing and want to be on a computer or an iPad or a telephone all day long. There's, there are a lot of people out there that need help. And if, if we could just get our young people out, um, caring about somebody else instead of themselves, we would turn this world around, I guarantee you
1: what surprised your children the most about your story the older they got because i you know i've interviewed so many vets over the year and and their kids always say the same thing they go i had no idea i had no idea have you heard from them have you had that conversation with your own kids
0: well i do i'm a great girl and my my daughters never knew me without a what would have had two arms and two eyes you know and so they've always knew i was different but um they've heard me talk and we travel, we drove a trailways bus two and a half million miles and lived in it. So we're pretty close. And we took grandmother with us, 89 years old, but she went, went home with the Lord and being her influence of dating and of horse and buggy and the way she grew up and so forth and all, Our, Her husband's engineer on a railroad and carried the troops that got off at Yamasee to go to Paris Island for training. And those old tales and all of old people and, uh, just listen to them and when you drive it all the way across country in a trailway bus rebuilt for a home to live in you get real close and uh i think our young people today just have not spent enough time with their grandparents or with older people yeah
1: and of course your kids always find stuff out about you uh, in those moments that you, you talked about touring you did you toured all over this country yes uh, and and you had you had a chance to really see it and see it for what it was uh, and this this probably comes as no surprise but i i i mean i guess and that you miss it right now with all of the covid stuff that's going on you're still out there touring uh at a smaller scale if you will but you're still out there you're still involved uh, what are you looking forward to when all this is behind us
0: uh i'd like to get on the road again i'm getting, getting older so i don't know we won't travel <laughs> like that with the bus but we, we will we um they, my wife has love in a box and um when we can, troops to the beach. Which I have, I have um, troops in my office, and right now, two apartments staying in there with their families, and we do that a lot. But um, we've been taking this week, past weekend, we took a ton of stuff up to Lejourn. Uh, the week before, we took it down to Kings Bay and, and where the submarines are down in South Georgia, uh, right there, in Jacksonville. They can't go home, but they couldn't go home for Thanksgiving. They can't go home for Christmas. They're locked down. And it's tough when you serve and away from home, and you can't go home for these holidays. People don't realize that right now. And you know, you can just get your church or get your your school or whatever, and write a card and thank these many women for serving our country and what they're doing. You you know, you on their bases and all over the country and all in your air shows and just think if you can't go and see. And this time, I think a lot of us are not gonna go and get a, get together with our families and all. And you know, um. That's a hard time, especially with the troops that in many hours as they're putting in and being deployed as much as they are not to be able to go back with their families on these holidays. So that's what we're doing right now.
1: I think that's wonderful. And, you know, it. it, it you can say what you will about this time, but it has. It's given us a chance, though, to uh, in an odd way to just slow down a little bit and to look around us and to have some time. Everybody talks about how busy they always are. And if you make your living on the road, and if you make your uh, your living being out uh, with other people, you you have had a chance now to to really come back home. We're doing virtual school a lot of places. a lot of folks are uh, have had more time at home this year than ever before, and I can't help but wonder if what you said earlier that that people just need to take more time I you know you can't help but wonder. If this year is going to be one of the best years of our lives, or if we're just going to remember it for the pandemic. But for me, I'm going to remember it for what it was. And it was a great time to be at home, a great time to be around family, uh, close family, immediate family, and a time to really appreciate what we don't have right now. And that is the fellowship with our outside community.
0: Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I think um, the thing for my life comes. Comfort- Guys, word, John Ninefold, says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day. The night cometh when no man can work. And I've got get, I've get gold going and gold and gold. And man, this is the day I've read books. I read a book a week anyway, but I've read books and, and more and more. I've listened to tapes. I've had time with my family, talked with them, listened to them, children, grandchildren. And, and that has been good. There's no question about it. And uh, you look around. I started golf a few years ago, and Billy Casper's been in the hospital, and God used him all the arm off, and didn't know if i was going go walk again, and so forth and all. And he came by and encouraged me. And I tell people, man, don't get so important when you can go can go to a hospital where somebody's been in a car wreck or had leukemia or something or whatever, and visit with them, because they they need to be lifted up, and need a note from you, a call, or visit or whatever. It means a lot to have these people come by. and we got time to do those kind of things now. And um, it's, it has been a blessing in a lot of ways, no question about it.
1: People people seem to have, especially professionals, uh, they're gonna have stories of these, these Zoom meetings and all this virtual stuff that we've had to do this year just to make do. But right. people have an understanding now that I think our ancestors probably had and, and knew even better than we do. When you work from the family farm, when you're working from, I'm coming to you from a hundred plus year old barn right now. When right. you work in these situations, uh, there's a different rhythm to life. And it's a rhythm that we've often forgotten uh, about. And it starts right here at home. And it starts in small towns and big towns. But it starts with uh, this family unit, this nuclear family unit. And I, I think that what you're speaking to is so important. And it's just a good reminder that it's, uh, it's so important to get back to that and, and to appreciate it for what it is. And it's hard. I mean, it is hard. But, but so is playing golf when you have one arm. <laughs> tell well, me about you know, that i got to hear about this you, you said that and i thought you know i didn't really think anything about it and i said now wait a minute this is Clebe telling me he took up golf a few years ago you just yeah, like um, a challenge i guess
0: well uh, uh you know billy casper visited me in the hospital 50 years ago and, and he's the only one that came back back then nobody came it's not like the day they go autograph and take pictures and give you jerseys nobody came back then and doing vietnam and all the demonstration. He was playing golf, Billy Casboy was playing in Japan and uh was all what, hundreds of us, I think it's six hundred in one almost like a gymnasium laid out there in in this hospital at Camp Drake in Japan. And he said somebody I'd like to see some of these wounded warriors and he came in I didn't I didn't know who it was. Well I I was in tubes and all blown up and he was going from Bed to bed, and putting a little card sort of like a deck of cards with a picture on, it sticking them, handing them to him, and all. And I couldn't use his arm or leg or anything. He stuck one in my shoulder, and they told him not to come to my bed. It, I wasn't gonna live anyway. He said, "I want to see him." He came over. He looked at me, took the card under my under my shoulder, and he said, "Man, I love you. Praying for you. God's got a plan for your life, and don't give up." And I'm not a quitter. But at that time, my face all blown off, my nose off. I uh, goat blown out. The other one, I think they have sewed up and so forth. I, I just figured, man, if I could die, they they thought we could take my legs off. Uh, my wife would do a lot better. We hadn't been married long, and you know, I knew she could do a lot better than me, and I just gave up. And if he hadn't come and, and told me that, that God's got a plan for you and, and don't quit, I wouldn't be here today. Well, anyway, I told my next-door neighbor, it was Jay Hosh that during the summers, he's got a house next to his hand. I told him that. So he landed up in 2014 for me to go to the masters and meet Billy Casper. Well, 48 years later. Oh, wow. And uh, we met and they wrote it up in a golf magazine and nobody knew I was there or he was there or anything else. So we hugged, they took pictures. It was unbelievable. And, um, got to know him and later spoke at his funeral or whatever. But, uh, after that, I say, well, I'm going to start golf. And I really have enjoyed it. I've met some great people and enjoyed being on the course. I'm not real good, but I'm sure having a lot of fun. And it's the beauty of the course and that kind of thing. And talking about being at home this year and all, just on golf courses, you see people in their backyard, got little gardens, uh, got home projects, building things it, that they've never had the time to do, but they're not working they're not traveling as much and so forth. And they're home. And all kind of little projects and all and things that need to be done around the house and that you'd like to do for your family. A lot of it's been done, mainly just because of what we're going through right now.
1: What do you want people to know in these dark times that we have so many soldiers going through right now? Uh, They're coming home and everybody talks about the greatest generation, but, you know, I I know them so well. I'm married to one of them. They have been (laughs) at war now for over 20 years, the folks who are currently serving and and there are a lot of dark times and we, we talk about how hard it is virtually right now to do school, to do work, to do all of this stuff. But I mean, there are folks sitting in a room right now in a dark room, flying missions remotely. And later this afternoon, they're going to be at a soccer game. And, and they, they have such a grasp on this, 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 this one foot in one world and one foot in the other world. But, not just them, but all of these folks who are currently serving and going through this, dealing with everything that they're already dealing with. But now you have whop on all of the restrictions that are in place. What what do you want them to hear right now from you?
0: Yeah, I think they're smarter, stronger, faster, better looking than we ever dreamed about being in the past. You talk about the greatest, greatest, greatest generation in World War II, and they were. But they had everybody behind them and everybody served. That's not true today. Today, we got folks that have chosen to serve. And I'd say for every one person serving today, uh, um, I had 10 serving for every one. And these have got to do it all. And I, I don't know how to really do it. I really don't. And, um, and then come home and the, the, the wives have to run the family. They've been deployed eight, nine, ten times and all over the world. And it's really hard on them. They're doing a great job. They really are. But it's amazing the hours they're putting in. The, and they're not just uh, going from home when they're deployed overseas. They're not home when they're home because I'm in a few bases all over the country, and they're working day and night. It, the Things are so sophisticated tonight. It's the kind of things they've got to handle. I mean – most submarines, me included, I couldn't handle what they're doing. They, they wouldn't even probably take me. I wouldn't be smart enough. These guys are really smart. And uh, to study and to keep all this stuff going, that they've got to keep going, it's just amazing. I said, Cape Bay, I don't know when to talk about it or not, but it, they they got dolphins and sea lions guarding these submarines underwater. And they're they trained train by World people. And yeah, you got nuclear weapons on these subs and everything else. And all this, all this, is, they in charge of all this stuff. Um, Sergeant Major is one of my best friends. He's got 600 Marines and 600 sailors. And that's what we just took supplies to down there. And then they, they, they got these sea lions and dolphins helping them out. And man, we didn't have that kind of stuff. It's amazing what all they're doing today the and the hours that they train in that, what they put in to keep us free today. It, it's unbelievable.
1: Well, Cleve, I think you're right. Uh, and, and I want you to end it with uh, today as we wrap this up. Uh, would you give us would you give us the Cleve McClary number one rule, uh, the, the, the wisdom that you have have come to learn and the knowledge that you've gained after all of this that you've been through? Uh, give us give us your mountaintop moment. Would you do that in the last few uh, oh, seconds boy. here of the show? What what is what do you want people to take away about Cleve McClary when it's all said and done?
0: Well, you know, I, I think what I said in this world of give and take and not enough people willing to give what it takes, that, that pretty well wraps up what I, what I try to stand for. But my dad was a great man. And, and daddy said, if you go work, work hard. If you go play, play hard. If you go pray, pray hard. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. And I think that's what we need to do. Give it our best. And um, when, whatever you're doing, whatever God's called you to do, um, give it everything. And let me tell you, Respect your wife. People don't know all that she's done. If they, if they have to give a, a bell of honor for for a wife, my wife deserves it.
1: Well, Cleve McClary, I thank you for being with us this morning. I look forward to uh, to playing golf with you. you know?
0: Looking forward to it, man. We we'll we'll do it. <laughs> you go on to the next
1: call here. It's a busy day in the Cleve McClary office. I'm glad you spent a few minutes with us. Thank okay, you, again, Cleve. Cleve McClary. I
0: hope it went all right.
1: Yes, you. sir. God bless you as Bye-bye. well. Cleve McCleary, you can find out more about him online there at his website. It's going to be linked in this show's story. By the way, if you haven't already signed up for the history worth saving newsletter, please do so. We would love to stay in touch with you. I think this is going to do it for this year. We're almost at the end of 2020, a year that has been uh, just so incredible for so many people on both sides of the spectrum here. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been unbelievable for some to have this time together. It's been unbelievably painful. The stories that we have from 2020, they're gonna be with us for a long time, but they're part of it. They're part of this history that we have here in this great nation of ours that I still believe in and that I hope you do too. If you have a story for 2021, would you send it to me? Maybe it's something about what you've been through during all of this or somebody that you know. I want them all. I want to hear from you. So please send me a message. You can find my email. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. But please send it over to me. That is truly history worth saving. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for supporting us this year. Just by sharing the newsletter, that helps tremendously by building that contact list you know social media today it is so tumultuous that you have to go at it on your own and that newsletter is our lifeline to you so thank you for that by the way i've had several people ask the audiobook is coming it is coming out i'm back on the farm we're back in you know the virtual covid state as this peak happens so yeah got some time to work we're gonna get it out Uh, The book's almost been out a year now. If you haven't already seen it or gotten a copy of it, please do. Every nickel goes right back into the business and helps. Have a great Christmas and a wonderful rest of your December. So long for now, everyone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?